So yeah, we're gonna see some stuff. Pink princess crown. That's a teddy bear. <laughs> I can't believe that you're this nervous to talk to me. This is the easiest thing you'll do in this building. <laughs> it's very interesting. Is it living up to your expectations? Oh, definitely. And more. Okay, so now we're warmed up. Now yeah. we're chatting. How are you feeling? Good. All right. So I'm here with Stacy Santoso, the new CFO for the Ocean Cleanup. Stacy, welcome to Catching Up. We are here in Rotterdam this week because you will spend most of your time here in Rotterdam, correct? Not particularly in the city. I well, mean, I mean in the Netherlands in, the Netherlands. in general. Yeah. yeah. Not in Santo Domingo or the Great Pacific Garbage Patch or one of these other places that we have located on a globe. Definitely not on the GPGP. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I introduce yourself. How did you end up here? What was your background? I know you have a you have a fascinating background with another organization that everybody knows. So my fascinating background, well, I mean, I always spent my career in finance. So I started very different than here. So I started with GE, General Electric. So that where I spent the first sort of 12, 13 years of my career. Um, somewhere along that line, I stepped out into ING Bank and then went back to GE. So I really literally grew up in General Electric in terms of my career, in terms of you know, the first 12 years and understanding a lot of different things and learning a lot about finance. And obviously, you know, one of the experience that I get working for such a large corporation is tremendous training, tremendous uh, sort of, that's what I kind of just realized now how much I got from such a big corporations with such a big sort of name and reputations uh, like GE. Uh, but at one point in my career, I decided that I wanted to do something else. So that's where I made a switch and I ended up in Greenpeace International about three years ago. So literally a completely different world, different take off. I'm still in finance, but it is completely different mission. And that just, I never regret that move. Um, personally, it's quite tough, obviously, uh, especially if you think about from the financial perspective, it's, it's way, way, way different, but it's very rewarding, I would say. So that was my journey in a nonprofit world. And then um, I ended up in the ocean cleanup two months ago. As our new CFO. As our as the new CFO, yes, I still have to get used to say it, in all honesty. <laughs> so Greenpeace, working for a name like Greenpeace, and then coming to a place like the Ocean Cleanup, how do you compare the two in terms of, obviously they're both causes are, are extremely important for, for the world, but yet seeing it on a business side is, is also a bit different than how the outside world looks at a name like Greenpeace or the Ocean Cleanup. You're in a very interesting role with that. Do you think about that often? Not really. Now that you ask, <laughs> yes. Sorry. But, um, but because probably when I sort of made the switch, obviously it's not easy to to do that switch from the corporate world to the nonprofit in a sense that 
I have a certain criteria in terms of what I would like to do because then for sure I want to stay in finance because that's what I feel like I could contribute the most. Uh, but I'm also looking for a job that is challenging enough for me because obviously there's other compromises that I have to make. So then I have to make sure that the role that I took makes sense. And sort of the nonprofit that is quite established, quite international, because I cannot see myself working in a very small sort of nonprofit in the corner. So I think that made quite, what I would say, challenging in terms of getting the right job and the right fit. So I was very lucky that Greenpeace International was looking for head of global finance at that point in time. Uh, with a very specific intention sort of to kind of rebuild their finance, um, their global finance team, setting up new systems, professionalizing the team. So th- I think they have a bit of an angle trying to look at or to look for somebody coming from more established or corporate uh, background. So I sort of, I don't particularly look for that specific organization in in the beginning but i know that i would like to have a bit more in the line of climate or sort of human rights type so because that's where my passion lies mm-hmm. um but yeah i think that that role and the sort of greenpeace international just came in and that's how i i rolled into it but now that you kind of said it's, it's a very different organization than the ocean cleanup mm-hmm. because greenpeace in itself is 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 an activist organization it is very well established i mean it has been there for more than 50 years by now it's very international in a way that it has really offices around the world it has you know like really established way of working and everything um but I never really, I mean, I like the mis- mission in a sense that, you know, we are all here try to make a difference, you know, and climate is obviously one of those priority in my view. Um, but when you kind of come in and you look at more in the, in the smaller scale, because obviously I'm looking at from the finance perspective, it's just an organization like any other organization. Obviously, there's different culture, different people, but... At the end of the way, uh, at the end of the day, it has sort of the same theme in terms of challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of you know what, especially from the finance perspective, we always have this tendency that oh, finance is a back office function. We want to be more strategic. How to build that up? How to make the process more efficient? So from that perspective, it's not that much different. But the feel of the organizations, obviously very different mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense yeah yeah no it does because it is an interesting thing to think about people you know if you're an outsider and you look at a, at a uh, place like Greenpeace or a place like the ocean cleanup or many of the other organizations that are out there you think about what their purpose is and what their fight is or what their cause is and what they're doing in our case ridding the world's oceans of plastic but you don't always put into consideration like you said the back end of it which is it also is a business that needs to keep the doors open. It needs to uh, succeed. It needs to keep growing. And it needs to, as I love how you said with Greenpeace, like now look where they are now. This is what the ocean cleanup wants. And bringing people like you in 
will contribute to this because you have this experience, you have this vision, you have this, this, you know how to do this because you've been in it. So what, what can you bring to an organization like the Ocean Cleanup, knowing what you know now? Yeah, I know it's only been you know a few months, but what can you bring to this organization that you may have learned from even even ing or or ge but you know you that's the joy of where i think we are as an organization is now people are starting to come in and it's not just quote unquote kids that are coming in you know right out of university or whatever i mean we're getting you're one of the big guns coming in now right so what can you bring to this organization to uh help us in the future have ocean cleanup offices and Jakarta and in Santo Domingo or all over the world. Now you said it that way. You make me feel old, then. Oh, <laughs> come on. You know, and you now feel like I'm no longer I, that kid. So like, oh, you're the youngest in the crowd. I, hey, it's a that. compliment. <laughs> it's a compliment on, on you and it's a compliment on, on your your uh, brain. Yeah, thank you. But... Um, so what, okay, what, what can I bring, what, or at least what I have in mind and vision when, when I said, yes, I'm doing this job, I like this role, as I said at the beginning, the challenge, I think here there is a lot of need um, to build, mm-hmm. to set up. I think that what makes it exciting, I think from the process perspective, that's how I, and I, I hope I will be able to bring that value coming in from much bigger organization in terms of I've seen what an end product might look like. It doesn't mean that it will apply to the ocean cleanup because the end product could be different or the end result could be different. But going in or having uh, experience working in three different completely different setting if you want to think about it i guess ing is a big corporate in itself it's a big bank but bank is again a very different environment than company like ge at greenpeace which is a non-profit setting but you still get that different views um and i think what i learned along my career is that um there's a lot of different ways to get to what you want and then you just have to see what fit and what makes sense for the organization. So I think that's one of the, what I would say, the the, the value I would hope to be able to bring in the organization. So to provide that sort of uh, more, the feeling, I hope not the feeling, but I, I don't know, to set up the processes, but bricks by bricks and see where we go. Uh, from the financial perspective, I guess, um, I think two things that sort of came to mind, um, at least also from this impression in the first two months, is the scaling up. Because the way I see it, that is a different muscle that we need. Um, it's interesting when we think about scale up, right? Because to me, scale up is, is an exciting, but it's a scary process in itself. I think that's what makes the difference for a lot of organization that goes through the same sort of uh, path. It's the part like you make it or you break it, right? Because there's a lot of things that needs to be considered because suddenly one decision can really turn into that breaking point because 
it's very fragile in itself. Uh, it's a lot of things moving and then you need what I would say big cash, big guns, but not everything set up. I guess it's a lot of catching up between your process, between your vision and between the financials that you need. So how to make all of that align in itself, it's very challenging. So I thought that's one thing that excites me. In all honesty, I haven't experienced it um, from a multi sort of from the overall organization perspective. I guess even I was in GE, there's a business unit that go through that process, but it's different because then you're still protected by a bigger sort of shell, let me put it this way. Um, So that, I hope that at least my experience of having a lot of financial background on different roles that will provide some insights on how we should think about it or how we should think about it uh, creatively. And then um, secondly, on top of that, as we are scaling up, that means a lot of governance needs to be set up. Um, I know that some people doesn't like it, but it is sort of the boundary that an organization need um, to make sure that you weigh in the risk, that you weigh in sort of, you know, where is your limitations, what you can do. So I think it's good because you need that boundary because otherwise, as I said, it's just, you know, every small or even every decision that you take that could be a, that one make it or break a decision, especially in this in this phase. So amazing. So in other words, I, I, I hear you talk and I hear your vision and your your process with this. And it's like my mind switches over to you as actually more of a captain of a ship because you can have we have amazing engineers we have amazing roles that are filled all over the building all over the world but you're in this unique position that you know of course the financial status of everything you're the yes or no person in some ways like you have to take what people say okay we have this idea the ideas are endless the we can sit in a room and everybody can throw all the spaghetti against the wall and see what sticks and whatever sticks is what we all want to go with. But you're in this unique position that you have to be the one that says, yes, we can afford to do this, go. Or you have to have the super tough position of saying, we we can't do this, right? Yeah, I I think I'm, so that's what I always get to think about finance. I think finance is, how, it is how you want to sort of make out of the role, but the way I see it is always you are the one that put the reality back. Exactly. In the organization. Mm-hmm. Um, That's what I mean. The ideas are endless. We know all of this, what we can do, what we want to do, where we're, where we would like to head. But I like how you are kind of the one that is going to steer the ship into let's keep let's keep the vision moving forward but we have to do it at this pace, or we have to do it at this, or we're not going to keep the ship afloat. You're now my new captain. Oh, when you put it that <laughs> way, it, it, it sounds scary, Dan. I, I, I never thought that way, but um, especially not captain, but I always like to kind of see finance as being the, what I said, the reality check and the conscience 
consciousness. I don't know. I think that's what I would say. Like in the organizations, mm-hmm. because we are the one force that is going to tell you, be careful. Or we are the one that is trying to guide you through, you know, to make much more wise choices, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to get you safely to where you want to go. And I think for an organization like the Ocean Cleanup, where the majority of our finances and our, our support comes from the public and comes from people that follow us and which we respect so much, I think that, you know, having somebody, I think your role is even more important because it, it means we have to really keep the focus on what is the mission? What are we doing? Why, why are we, who, who are we doing this for? And we have to really stop and say, okay, where the money's coming from Johnny's car wash fund and Oklahoma and the money's coming from the kids that are raising it in their classroom and keep that mindset. Yeah, as we get larger and we get bigger and we partner up with larger corporations, there are some greater opportunities that will help us grow. But we also have to keep that reality, like you say, to who are we really doing this for, right? Yeah, I think that's that's one of the most important thing as well that as as, as that's one of the nuances that I would say in a nonprofit, right? The money that was given to us is other people's money. It's not like in corporate, right? When you actually make your own profit and then, you know, there is a different feel and different distinctions when you start spending. Uh, obviously, you still don't want to spend unwisely, but it's it's a different, it's a feel, the feeling of responsibility towards your funder. And I think... In ocean cleanup, I, you know, in in a way, a lot of our funders are, at this point, are still big funders probably. But still, it doesn't, you know, it could be you and me just giving mm-hmm. our ten dollars a piece every month, right? And you just have to think that you know, it's somebody else's money that was actually being trusted to us that you know um hopefully that we can do something good for the world so that's the difference that's the big difference as well to make sure that we spend it wisely yeah definitely so let's talk a little bit more about you a little deeper let's go back a bit further where where are you from where i'm from so i i was born and raised in indonesia i'm i was indonesian uh, I became a Dutch citizen, I guess, about eight years ago, eight, ten years ago, if I'm not mistaken. But I was, I, I, I spent my childhood and grew up in Indonesia. All of my family um, are still in Indonesia, so uh, that makes it a bit challenging with all the COVID. Um, and yeah, I, I came here to the Netherlands for my study. So I did my bachelor master here and then got a job, got a husband, <laughs> and fell in love with this place. And I, yeah, and we stayed here and make this our home. I want to say second home, but maybe this is not our first home and in Indonesia is second home, I don't know. But at one point, you just don't know where home is anymore. It's just the feel that, you know, that I have where my family is. So you're in a unique place then. How How important is it to you to work for the ocean cleanup, knowing that on the riverside, one of our champion projects, one of our our main focuses is Indonesia. 
and you being from Indonesia, does that does that drive you a bit more? Does that interest you a bit more? Does it scare you a bit more? Oh, it is a unique thing because, you know, there's a lot of Dutch people here. There's a lot of Europeans and it's a different mindset, you know, and, and it's something that I think that every culture deals with differently. How do you look at this? Like you're working for an organization that is, you, you almost hate to say it, but it's focusing on a problem in your home. That's a very interesting question. I guess I, I'm thinking from a couple of different perspectives. Uh, as I said, I've been, so Indonesia was my home. I've been far away from it for a while, but it's still close, very close to me, obviously, because all of my family, friends are still in there. Um, I was I, I was actually happy when I kind of understand or I, I kind of checked that Ocean Cleanup did a lot of projects in, in Indonesia. I mean, it's not the same with Greenpeace. Actually, with Greenpeace, it's even more, right? Because they're just really focusing on all of the bad stuff that happened um, in the country in a different way. Uh, but we need it, I guess. It, look, I mean, Indonesia has come a long way in, you know, since I left the country. A long way in a sense that there's a lot of things moving forward, I'm hoping. Um, but I think what I said also in my interviews in terms of how we kind of prioritize and ranking things in that country, you have to understand that environmental change or environment, you know, all of this is a luxury in that country. It's not the same as how we think about it here. It's something that we can afford. But there, the main priority is still economy. The main priority is how to feed your family, right? If, if I have to choose whether I burn the forest, but that will feed my family for the next couple of years. It's a tough choice, but I don't have, there's not a lot of options. I think that's the face of the country. As I said, we're trying to move forward. I think we put much more um, different mindset in the younger generation, but it doesn't take the f fact that economically, we are not at the stage that you know, for the 90% of the people, it's it's not something that we're given. So I think that is the big difference. So when, when we kind of look at that, a lot of NGOs and not just this one, and it, this is particularly close to my heart because you're helping back in Indonesia, that obviously makes me really happy because then, sure, it, it's going to help Indonesia moving back forward. Um, but on the other side, I think what I hope I can give a little bit of value and insight is that the way you're dealing with it, there's a lot of sensitivity and culture sort of undercurrents that you just do not see from outside. Um, how should I say it? I think that is really important to make the project success successful. Uh, so that that intercultural sensitivity that I would say should be much more prevalent in how we do the work. Yeah. And hopefully me coming in with a different background, with a different sort of culture or a different set of understanding that could help uh, make a difference in certain decision. 
Mm-hmm. I think it's very important. I think it's something we deal with all over the world in some of the countries that we go into. We, we have to adapt a bit to the sensitivities of the cultures. Because like you said, it's very difficult in, at times to go into a country the way that with some the way we go in and i mean we are a force we go in and we're putting an interceptor in a river and we're doing this and it's very showy and very shiny and draws a lot of attention to something that is negative through the majority of the eyes in the world but as you said to some people it's not a choice and and i see that firsthand a lot when i'm in in on a river and you just see like they don't have there are not many options and I think we have to find that balance because I also think that it's important for us to open the eyes. On the communication side, we, we struggle with this often because it's like, how do we take the sensitivity, of course, of what's happening, and but yet we need this to open the eyes of the whole world to help keep the money coming in, keep the support coming in. So there ha- we have to come to a balance with this, I think. How can you take the culture as an Indonesian, the the brain you have of we need the money and the vision of what the ocean cleanup is, which is to not only rid the world's oceans of plastic, but also to show the world wh- why we need to rid the world's oceans of plastic. It's a combination that's a bit tricky, I think. It is, and I think it, it, it is a fine balance. And I would I would almost say that you need empathy to sort of understand that balance right um and i could see from the the side you know being the ocean cleanup we are so proud i mean this is this is such a cool organization and and i think that what impresses me is when i walk around the energy from the people you know the team you know everyone that i met so there is the sense of proudness of what we of what we do and 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 that's just you know incredible but as you put it that way when you bring it to the other side of the world, right? They see it from a different eye. They see it from a different perspective. Um, so how to walk that balance, that is a very delicate one, um, I would say. Um, and it's always in the small things. It's not on the big things. I think that's what people tend to forget is it's the small things that make the difference. Mm-hmm. And to... I, it's almost like it's a skill in itself to be able to have that sensitivity, to be able to grasp the complexity and how to deal with with that. Um, as I said, I guess with the ocean cleanup, it's I will not say it's easier, but at least you still offer a solution. Now, whether everybody agrees that's the right solution or not the right solution, I mean, we are going that way. Uh, with Greenpeace, we are even in a much more different the way I see it, with Greenpeace, it's more even tough sell because you are coming in as an enemy of the state, right? You are really in conflict with the government and with a lot of their program, etc. So um, when I come back and I said I work for Greenpeace, I think that make different reactions, even stronger from people, depending on how they look at it, depending on how they think about it. I guess with ocean cleanup, the reaction is not that strong because it's it's very different but as i said it's a delicate balance because we all know we want to solve the problem and it is a complex problem to solve and especially the geopolitical the social the economic ones i think that that 
that needs a big shift that needs a big change and it's too slow but yeah I don't know if I make sense because no, sometimes I, I talk it's, it's a actually, lot. It's, but no, you're doing it's it's exactly how I feel. I think this uh, on the communication side of the story of the ocean cleanup, which of course is what we deal with. I think that this is one of the most important and growing issues that we will deal with. We're just now scratching the surface of telling stories in certain countries that are quite sensitive. You don't even have to name names. I mean, you know, we can know we know what countries they are and and where we deal with this the most. And it is such a sensitive balance because it's like, in order for us to succeed, we have to be able to show the world why are we in this country, and we're not a Greenpeace. So we don't just have the we don't just go into a country. You know, we're here, we're here, we're we're saving the world. We have solutions. We have ideas. We need to be able to test ideas. We need to be able to think long term we we need to be thinking 10 15 20 years down the line and we also need the countries to be a bit open-minded to that as well and realize that what we're com we're not coming in to expose something we're not coming in to draw attention to only negativity we do truly want to solve this problem and i think that as we grow as an organization and as we expand people start coming in at higher positions from indonesia and other countries that we may be establishing interceptor solutions in the future or, or ocean systems in the future, I think it's a huge step for us. And I think it's super important. Yeah, I'm really excited for that because I guess that's, um, I think that's what we want, right? We want to kind of, that's the ambition to yeah. clean up thousand rivers. And I think that's, if I look at that as a big challenge, it is exciting, but it's a big challenge in itself. Um, and as you said, how to tell the story. Look, let me be honest. Nobody likes when, you know, even though if my house is a complete mess, I have a lot of dirty stuff, you know, in my house. I wouldn't like it if you just come to my house and say, I know how to clean your house. Like, dude, have you ever been living in this house? I mean, do you know what I've been going through in the past couple of years? I mean, nobody likes it, right? Amazing example. So and now I'm very curious to see your house. <laughs> <laughs> Please do not see my house. <laughs> but you, you know, you just gotta. You know, I, I guess that's just for me. Like nobody would like it. So I guess it's always kind of take a bit of empathy to think through how you want to solve a problem. Right. I mean, there's, you know, solving a problem is easy. Maybe I'm just simplifying it. But you can always solve a problem. Yeah, but again, we're in a unique position that we are a nonprofit. And you have to get that problem out to the eyes and the ears and the understanding of the general public around the globe in order to, on the finance side, keep the funding coming in, keep the partnerships coming in to be able to let them realize why we want to go to a place like Guatemala or why we want to go to a place like the GPGP. And it becomes a very sensitive thing. And I think it's it's going to be one of the biggest challenges we have. And I think you'll see this more than a lot of other departments deep down because you'll know the numbers of what's coming in as opposed to what's going out, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> And that's scary. Well, I, I, let me put it that way, I guess. Um, it put me out of my sleep sometimes in the night. Because mm. kind of my, but that's also my bad habit. If I have a lot of things, then just my brain just doesn't want to stop. I keep on 
I don't know, talking, thinking, um, and trying to figure out all of the puzzles that I see, as you said, like, you know, how to make sure that we get the right funding and how to make sure that, you know, everything fits together and how to kind of make sure that the ship keeps on floating and running and, you know, hopefully it pick up speed at a certain point in times. Good thing is I'm not alone. So I'm really happy. <laughs> There's like, you know, a strong team and people around. I really like working, you know, not only, you know, within the MT, but also across the border. But I guess I like just to kind of, what I said, the more brains, then the better it is mm -hmm. because you get a different perspective, you get different insights. The trick is how to make them all work together. We have a very, a lot of very strong-minded people in this organization. Don't, when they said Greenpeace has that, I mean, I think... It only took you two months to figure that out? <laughs> no, I think after a couple of days. It is fascinating. I think I learned a lot. I can, when you talk with everybody in this organization, you could see that they have all this big heart and also their vision and also their, you know, where it should go. But I think that's that what makes it challenging because as we said, we are in the scaling of phase. There are a lot of ways to get there. And everybody may have their different opinions or, you know, I think we should go to take that route. But as I said, how to pick them all, go towards the one direction. That's why you're the captain. I am not the captain, Then I'm far from the captain. I'm trying to make sure that I could put that all together. And I think that's the one thing that I like about finance in a certain way. Um, yes. It could be for some people a boring job. It's an accounting, you know, I don't know, debit, credit. I guess that's just all the basic. I think that's, but the way I look at it, I think finance um, is the one function that you see it all coming together because it all comes back to us. You mean we have to have a record in the book, so you, you see it. But the beauty of it as well, you could also, also tangibly show because there is a fact behind it. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you're part of something that is still at the beginning stages of something great? Often I, when I talk to people, you know, we, we, we get in it where sometimes it feels like we're in a storm still. You, I've been here around five years and it's like you, we have our ups, our downs. We're here, we're there. This is working, not working. We're excited about this, la, 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 la. It's still a bit, as you said, chaotic at times. But it is starting to smooth out. And the thing that I always find fascinating is that even, for instance, a time period that we could be in now or weeks ago where it just seems like everything is uphill, if you look at the great scheme of history and you think of five years and 50 years from now, we're only this big in what's happening. We're still growing. We're still learning. We're not an establishment like Greenpeace that has been around as you say so many years we're we're back Greenpeace back in the 60s right like we're still a bunch of hippies getting on boats <laughs> you know and now it, like it gives me hope because I see that we have this going and I think where are we going to be and and the impact that we will have shown it's crazy now yeah of course of course but do you feel like you're part of this early days of the ocean cleanup I would like to think that. I mean, as you said, uh, I, I haven't been then. I haven't been here that long. Um, but to me, this feels like still a beginning. It's a lot of. I'm, I'm hoping for you know, with 
our ambitions with all the things that we want to do that we could be what you said great in the next couple of years you know 50 years from now but even if i look back the days when i was at ge that company is what 100 plus years but everybody's still so proud because it started with the thomas alpha edison inventing the light bulb mm-hmm. and it's it is um so yeah in 100 years later you know it's that big okay so it's a big corporate of course but it starts with an inventor as well right with the crazy idea so yeah it started with the crazy idea and then you have a light bulb you know you always start with a crazy idea mm-hmm. and yeah i'm very excited i don't know good i'm excited too it's exciting to have change it's one of those things change is always scary it's scary when new people come in especially at high levels but that's how history is made you need change you can't i always think if it bogs down it's deadly you know if it gets boring it's it's just repetitive you're not moving we need fresh eyes we need fresh spirit to come in and to say look why are you guys doing this you can do this and then you grow and you grow and that's how we make it to the next level do you agree with this absolutely absolutely i think um yeah change is the one thing that is constant that's what i know it's cheesy but it's what but it is what it is change is the one thing that is constant um it feels okay there's a night i was kind of didn't sleep and i was thinking oh my god what is going on you know everything is just so it feels so chaotic nothing works but i guess that's the beauty of it i suppose it's not for everyone i understand that i think not everyone is comfortable in that position where there's a lot of uncertainties where there's a lot of change or things keep on moving and then you wake up in the morning and then you have different problem it's always hardship it's it is not for everyone and everyone will take it differently and everyone will look at that differently and it will impact their personal life differently but as i said if you're doing it together at least if we have the same spirit i think we should be able to get through it together simple as that (laughs) from our new cfo (laughs) stacy thank you so much this was great i hope that this was uh far less scary than what you thought when you walked into this room and we have a interesting road ahead of us that's for sure I know there's a lot still going on. We have a lot coming. So everybody that listens to this and everybody that follows us, keep keep supporting. We do love even the small donations. We take them and now we know who's in charge of it. So <laughs> Stacy will keep an eye on every donation that comes in. So please keep supporting us. Keep following us. Anything you can do to help us, please do. Because we are a small but growing organization. So thanks again. Have a great day. Thank you. It was nice chatting with you, Dan. Was it easier or worse than what you expected? Be honest. Um, I don't know.